If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter nine. Chapter nine of Luke uh, begins the uh, kind of a change in uh, in really the 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 life and the relationship of Jesus and his uh, and his disciples. Things uh, start becoming a little bit uh, a little bit different, and. Um, and it sort of sort of separates, uh, kind of like a, a midpoint. Even though that uh, by by years and by time, it's not exactly the, the the midpoint, but it's a change in the relationship and the way that Jesus interacts with the crowds and the way that Jesus interacts with the people and the way that Jesus teaches his disciples and also the way to which Jesus responded uh, responded to the crowd. And really here, what we have in the verses that we will uh, read today uh, kind of is sort of the, the, the peak of the mountain in Jesus's public ministry as far as what his, uh, his fame was. And what really is the distinctive part of the change, what really is the distinctive part about how, what things are changing in Jesus' relationship with the disciples and the way that he relates to the crowd is the first thing is he starts to begin talking about his death. He starts to talk about what is to, what is to lie ahead. And there's less of the miracles. There's less of the awesome things. And Jesus talking more about what the work he actually was here to do. And the second thing that was the big change in his relationship with his disciples is now not only was Jesus showing them things, not only was Jesus in the point of doing things and teaching them things, but Jesus was now at the point where he was asking them to do something. He was beginning, Jesus was, to expect things out of his disciples. And so this morning, as we talk about taking the test, I want us to think about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we just expecting Jesus just to pour things in our hearts, in our lives? Or are we at the point where we're allowing Jesus to do works through us? Are we still at just the point where everything is just about me when we come to the church? Are we at the point where we're making contributions? So let's read these verses this morning and let's take the test and let's see if we're allowing Jesus to work through us this morning. We're beginning in the book of Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse number 10. It says, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them uh, and he, took them, and he withdrew apart to the town of, uh, called Bethesda. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those, uh, incurred those who had uh, need of healing. Now the day had begun to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away and go into the surrounding villages and the countryside and find lodging and to get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fishes, unless we are able to go and to buy food for all of these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so. And he had them to sit down. 
And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and he said a blessing over them. Then he took the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the many things that you bless us with. Lord, as we read these verses about the feeding of the 5,000, Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, our hearts are, uh, are drawn to the fact, Lord, that you care for us, Lord, and that you know our needs, Lord, you know the things that we need, Lord, and that you are gracious to provide those things. And Lord, we should always to trust you and trust you and not be anxious about tomorrow, Lord, not be anxious about the lack of rain, not anxious to be the lack of resources, but Lord, trusting in you, knowing, Lord, that you provide for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus had been teaching his, uh, his disciples and uh, been showing a lot of things. And then he thought that as a time of, uh, of their learning as disciples, he was going to send them on a field trip. He was going to send them out on their own. And uh, at the beginning of chapter 9, we hear about this field trip that he sends them on. He sends out the 12 uh, apostles, and uh, he sends them out to, uh, to go, and he empowers them and with the Holy Spirit, and he empowers them with the ability to, uh, to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And he gives them that power, and he gives them that authority, and uh, he tells them to go out and, and to share the news about the kingdom of God and to, uh, to heal those who would need. And so what Jesus was asking his disciples to do is he was asking them to do the ministry that he was doing. And so they had just been kind of following and watching along, but now Jesus was kind of pushing them in the wind, saying, I want you to go out there, and I want you to try and do it. I want you to now start to take a part of that work. And so he sends them out, and he gave them some interesting instructions. He said, uh, I want you to go out, and I just kind of want you to uh, go out. Don't take no extra clothes. Don't take no suitcase. Don't take no wallet. Don't take anything. I just want you to get up, and I just want you to go because I want you to see about how I can provide for you. I want you to see how I can work things out. He said, when you go into the town, stay in one house. And if you go into the town and they don't like you, they don't want to hear what you have to say, don't get mad. Just shake off your feet and move on to the next town. And so Jesus was asking them to go out and begin to take part into the ministry, to actually be a part of it in their life. And that's what Jesus is doing for you. He wants to raise you up to a point to which you can actually go in and do the work of Christ in you. And just imagine for us, if Jesus came here and said to us this morning here at Pine Grove, I want y'all just all to just uh, get up, and I just want y'all to go to this town, this town, this town, and take nothing with you. Y'all just get up, y'all just get in your car, and you just go. Y'all probably all be sitting there like me, like, a, Lord, that's not for me. Send somebody else. But that's what Jesus had asked of these disciples. And that's what Jesus asks of you this morning, to start becoming a 
participator. Start becoming a contributor. And too many times in our hearts and our life, we just sit the disposition, we'll just sit on the pews and we'll just let somebody else do the work and we'll just soak in all the goodness. We'll just soak in the goodness of all the songs. We'll soak in the goodness of the preaching. We'll soak in the goodness of the potluck dinners. We'll soak in the goodness of what everybody else is doing, but we are not going to do anything. But that's not what it means to be a disciple. That's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus raises us up so that one day we'll go out and we'll do the work. Just like when you raise up your children. You know, when you are a kid, everything just revolved around you, didn't you? Especially like if you were the first one or, uh, or if you were the, 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 the baby. You know, everything was about you. But if you were there some there in the middle, you know, nobody really cared about you, did they? But anyway, you know, everything was about you. And everything was to accommodate you, what you wanted to eat, where you wanted to go. Everything was there to accommodate you, but it got to a point where it was time to grow up. It was time to become a contributor. It was time to become a part of the work. And that's where the disciples were in their ministry. It was time to take part of the work. It was time to get out there and do something. And so they go out, buddy, and they... uh, they, they see uh, demons cast out, buddy. They see people healed. They see people come to know the Lord. And uh, they come back, buddy, and they're just all excited. And you can just imagine Jesus being there and listen to, to all these disciples come back and say, man, we went to this town and, and we healed this person and, and, and this person came to know the Lord. You know, we went out, buddy, and we didn't, have, uh, we didn't have no extra clothes. We didn't have no place to stay. We didn't have no money. But, you know, it's just amazing how, you know, Lord, everything just sort of worked out. There was someone there that gave us food. There was someone there that gave us a place to stay. There was someone there that was there to, to take over. It's things that we took nothing, but we had everything, and they're just all excited about what the Lord has done, buddy. And I'm sure they were just giddy. And Jesus said, now's the time I want to take you out for a little time away because there's some things, there's some heavy things I want you to talk about. There's some weighty things I want us to talk about. I want to give you a time, and I want to give you a break. And so the idea was that for them to get in the boat and to go to someplace desolate. But Jesus, I mean, the crowd saw Jesus, and they saw where they were going, and there in the Sea of Galilee, you know, all the places that you could go by boat, you could also get there, get there by land. So they see Jesus, they kind of see uh, the disciples, and they see kind of where the boat's going, and they just kind of look from land, and they went around the circle, and they were there waiting on Jesus and the disciples when they got there. And so there they were, and there were the crowds. You know, the disciples and Jesus, they wanted to get away. They wanted to have some time off. They wanted to have some time to talk. They wanted to have some time to, to teach. They wanted to have some time to renew the batteries, to, to uh, renew the batteries and to renew the strength. But uh, the crowd just wasn't going to have it. But I want us to know what Jesus' disposition was. He didn't say, look, y'all go away. We ain't got time for this. You know, y'all, don't, y'all go away. You know, this is our day off. But Jesus had compassion on them. And this story of the feeding of the 5,000, it's one of the few stories that's in all four of the Gospels. And each and every one of us tell, tells us some different details. 
They tell it from a different perspective. They tell certain bits of information that aren't in the others in order to communicate the message that they want us to, uh, to learn for it. So you can find this story in, uh, not only here, but in John 6, Mark 6, and uh, Matthew uh, 14, I believe it is. And so what we hear from the other Gospels is that when Jesus saw the crowd is that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw their lostness. And so they took time for him, even though that he really didn't have the energy, even though he wanted to be somewhere else. He took the time to minister to this crowd. And so he's there preaching. He's there healing. He's there, uh, you know, uh, doing all those things. And all of a sudden, it starts to get late. And uh, they're out there in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's no store. There probably wasn't even a Dollar General out there. You know, and so they say, look, and the disciples came up and said, look, Jesus, we got to send these, uh, these people home. It's getting late, and they need to go find food, and uh, they need to go find, uh, find shelter. And so they were kind of aware of the need, but they didn't want to meet it. And their response and their attitude was kind of like ours. When we see that there's about to be a need, when we see there's about to be a problem, what do we want them to do? We want the crowd to go away. Y'all just go away. Lord, let's just send these people away and let them fend for themselves. They realized there was about to be a problem, but they didn't think they had the resources to meet it. And I want you just to imagine the look on those disciples' faces when Jesus looked in them and said, you give them something to eat. See, they were used to just bringing the problems to Jesus, and Jesus would fix it. They were used to just going to Jesus and said, Jesus, here's, here's the problem. We're sinking. You know, the boat's sinking. Jesus, here's the problem. There's someone who's sick. Jesus, here's the problem. Uh, you know, there's someone who can't see. Jesus, here's the problem. We've got all these, these crowds. And they were used to just Jesus fixing it, Jesus waving his hand, Jesus taking the lead, Jesus taking the initiative. But can you just imagine when Jesus looked at their, looked them right in the eye and said, why don't you give them something to eat? Jesus was now putting the ball in their court to see how they were going to react. To seeing now it wasn't just for the earthly Jesus to fix. But they were going to put the problem Jesus was in their court, just to see what was on their heart about what to do about the situation. And this is a part of the, how we grow. We grow up with mom and daddy taking care of all the problems. We grow up with grandpa and grandma taking, across the pro, taking care of all the problems and all the situations. But we get to a point in our life where we start to have to work through those things on our own and by ourselves. We have to take those initiatives in our problems. Can you imagine, you know, when your kids come to you, you know, all along and say, look, uh, you know, when they start driving, say, look, I need, uh, I, I, need, uh, I need you to fill my car up with gas. I got to go here, here, and do this, this, and that. Just imagine that first day you look at them and say, well, you go put some gas in your car. It was time for the disciples to take the lead. It was time for the disciples to learn how not only what the earthly Jesus could do, but rather what Jesus and what the Lord could do through them. 
So I want us to notice how they fixed these problems. And so they, uh, they came to him and said, Jesus, uh, Jesus looked at them and said, look, you give them something to eat. And I want to notice what John says about this situation, that he looked at Philip in particular and said, Philip, uh, where are we going to find food for these people? And the scripture says in John that he said this in order to test him because he had already determined what he was going to do. And so he said this to disciples to test them, to see what their response would be, to see how they would think because Jesus had already decided what he was going to do. And so uh, Philip, you ask Philip and said, uh, Philip, well, where are we going to find uh, all these people to, uh, to eat? Where are we going to find them something to eat? And, of course, Philip starts thinking in his mind. He starts thinking about how we could fix this problem in an earthly sense. He says, you know what? He does the calculation, and, and he does the math, and he says, you know what? If we had 200 denarii, that wouldn't be enough food to feed all these people. Now, denarii was a, a unit of, of money that was basically a, the worth of a day's pay of a regular uh, of a regular worker. So we could pay 200 days worth of work. We could have the resources of 200 days of pay and it not be even enough for them to have a morsel. Philip was good at math, but he really wasn't good at his faith. And so he says, you know what, Jesus, we just don't have enough resources to give these people something to eat. And then Andrew chimes in. He tries. You got to give Andrew credit. And um, the book of John, chapter 6, tells us what Andrew does. Andrew goes out, and uh, he surveys the area, and uh, he looks, and he says, well, uh, I've looked around and uh, asked around, see what everybody's got, and I found just this, uh, this one boy, and uh, he has five loaves and two fishes. Is it fish or fishes? We're going to go with fishes. We ain't worried about grammar around here. And so here was this boy, and uh, he has five loaves. And these loaves weren't like a loaf of bread like, uh, like you got in your house. This loaf was basically uh, about the size of like a pancake. So we got five pancakes, and we got two fishes. That's all we got. And, uh, and Andrew does the math and says, you know what? Five loaves and two fishes, that just ain't enough for all these people. And they were real good at math because they knew how many people there actually were. And so they went and they surveyed the situation. They said, Jesus, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough food. Jesus, we can't do nothing about this. And Jesus says, here's what we're going to do. Tell all the people to go sit down. In groups of 50. And then I want us to notice what Jesus does. He took what was available. Those five loaves and two fishes. And he lifted them up. And he blessed them. And after he blessed them, he set them down. Just imagine him setting them down in a basket. And he just started picking off pieces. Picking off pieces. Picking off pieces, man, he just kept going, kept going. Handed this disciple, Andrew, here's you a basket full. 
here you go, take this to your people. He just kept going and going and going and going and going and going till all the people there were full. They were like you are when y'all go to Barry's, you know, after that fifth plate. You know, y'all laid back at the table like this, about to pass out. Somebody got to pick you up and take you back to the car. They didn't just have a morsel, but they had more than they could possibly eat. And to top it all off, not only did we have enough left over, I mean, enough to feed everybody, but we had 12 baskets left over. 12 baskets, one for every disciple. See, the disciples didn't think there was enough to even feed all these people. Now they've taken a doggy bag home. We done fed everybody and we've taken some leftovers home with us. And Jesus teaches the disciples the principle about how we can handle the problems that we face in our life. When we face the tests of the problems that come in our life, whether it be a need, whether it be a sickness, whether it be any kind of storm, whatever it is that we face, Here's how we face it. A lot of times we think these storms or these needs are so big and we think that our resources are so small that we can't handle it. That we have the problem so big and the resources are so small, then why, why do we even try? Let's not even give the resources. Let's just keep what we have for ourselves. Let's not try to fix this in any way whatsoever. But here's what he says to them. I want you to take what it is that you have, okay? doesn't matter if you got a little. It doesn't matter if you have a lot. It doesn't matter if you think you've got enough. It doesn't matter if you think it's good enough. It doesn't matter what anyone else would think about it. I want you to take what you have and give it to the Lord. So I want you to take what you have and I want you to hand it over. I want you to take what it is that you have and I want you to surrender it. I want you to take what you have in your hand then I want you to bless it. In other words, I want you to ask the Lord to do something through it. I want you to say, Lord, Jesus would say, Lord, I know the problem is big and I know the resources are little, but what I have, I give to you and I just want to see what you will do with it. So they took what they had and they prayed a blessing over it. And then he just started working with it. Just start working with it. Just pass it out. Just do as much as you can. Just let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go until it runs out. And we would really be surprised of what the Lord can do when we handle, hand him our little. You see, it's not for up to us to fix the problems of the world. It's not up to us to meet every need. But it is up to us to take what the Lord has blessed us with and put it in his hands and just let him take it as far and do as much with it as he sees fit. 
And what we will see if we will do that, what the Lord will do. Not only what the Lord will do, what we ask him to do, but the Lord will do even more. You know, Ephesians 3, 3.20 tells us this. When they praise to the Lord, it ends with this benediction. To the one who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think. But too many times when we face problems, when we face obstacles, when we face any type of situation, we start doing the math. We start thinking in our heads. And when we think in our heads, we realize, man, we don't have much. We don't have what it takes to fix this problem. We don't have what it takes to meet this need. We don't have what it takes to do this thing that the Lord has called us to do. But when we learn to put those things in the Lord's hand, we'll get to see the Lord do a mighty work. See, Jesus is constantly testing us. He's allowing things to enter our life to see how it is we will react. Will we respond with just our human knowledge or will we respond in faith of what the Lord could do if only we were willing to let go of what we have and put it in his hands? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all that you've blessed us with. But Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that we will take what it is that you've blessed us with, whether it be our talents, whether it be our time, whether it be our money. Lord, we just take it all, and we just put it in your hands. Lord, and ask you to bless it. Ask you to work through it. Ask you to work through us and to see what it is that you can accomplish for us. Lord, this morning I pray that we seek not just to be pew sitters, but to seek people who live with that face, with the wind in our face, that we actually get up and we attempt things for you, that we allow you to work through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's.